Section sixty three of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book ten. The Boys. Chapter one. Kolya Krasotkin it was the beginning of november there had been a hard frost eleven degrees Realmure, without snow but a little dry snow had fallen on the frozen ground during the night and the keen dry wind was lifting and blowing it along the dreary streets of our town especially about the market-place it was a dull morning but the snow had ceased not far from the market-place close to plotnikoff's shop there stood a small house very clean both without and within it belonged to madame krasotkin the widow of a former provincial secretary who had been dead for fourteen years his widow still a nice-looking woman of thirty-two was living in her neat little house on her private means she lived in respectable seclusion she was of a soft but fairly cheerful disposition she was about eighteen at the time of her husband's death she had been married only a year and had just borne him a son from the day of his death she had devoted herself heart and soul to the bringing up of her precious treasure her boy kolya though she had loved him passionately those fourteen years he had caused her far more suffering than happiness she had been trembling and fainting with terror almost every day afraid he would fall ill would catch cold do something naughty climb on a chair and fall off it and so on and so on when kolya began going to school the mother devoted herself to studying all the sciences with him so as to help him and go through his lessons with him she hastened to make the acquaintance of the teachers and their wives even made up to kolya's schoolfellows and fawned upon them in the hope of thus saving kolya from being teased laughed at or beaten by them she went so far that the boys actually began to mock at him on her account and taunt him with being a mother's darling but the boy could take his own part he was a resolute boy tremendously strong as was rumoured in his class and soon proved to be the fact he was agile strong-willed and of an audacious and enterprising temper he was good at lessons and there was a rumour in the school that he could beat the teacher dardanelov at arithmetic and universal history though he looked down upon every one he was a good comrade and not supercilious he accepted his schoolfellows respect as his due but was friendly with them above all he knew where to draw the line he could restrain himself on occasion and in his relations with the teachers he never overstepped that last mystic limit beyond which a prank becomes an unpardonable breach of discipline but he was as fond of mischief on every possible occasion as the smallest boy in the school and not so much for the sake of mischief as for creating a sensation inventing something something effective and conspicuous he was extremely vain he knew how to make even his mother give way to him he was almost despotic in his control of her she gave way to him oh she had given way to him for years the one thought unendurable to her was that her boy had no great love for her she was always fancying that kolya was unfeeling to her and at times dissolving into hysterical tears she used to reproach him with his coldness 
the boy disliked this and the more demonstrations of feeling were demanded of him the more he seemed intentionally to avoid them yet it was not intentional on his part but instinctive it was his character his mother was mistaken he was very fond of her he only disliked sheepish sentimentality as he expressed it in his schoolboy language there was a bookcase in the house containing a few books that had been his father's Collier was fond of reading and had read several of them by himself his mother did not mind that and only wondered sometimes at seeing the boy stand for hours by the bookcase poring over a book instead of going to play and in that way Collier read some things unsuitable for his age though the boy as a rule knew where to draw the line in his mischief he had of late begun to play pranks that caused his mother serious alarm it is true there was nothing vicious in what he did but a wild mad recklessness it happened that july during the summer holidays that the mother and son went to another district forty-five miles away to spend a week with a distant relation whose husband was an official at the railway station the very station the nearest one to our town from which a month later ivan fyodorovitch karamazov set off for moscow there kolya began by carefully investigating every detail connected with the railways knowing that he could impress his schoolfellows when he got home with his newly acquired knowledge but there happened to be some other boys in the place with whom he soon made friends some of them were living at the station others in the neighborhood there were six or seven of them all between twelve and fifteen and two of them came from our town the boys played together and on the fourth or fifth day of Kolya's stay at the station a mad bet was made by the foolish boys Kolya, who was almost the youngest of the party and rather looked down upon by the others in consequence was moved by vanity or by reckless bravado to bet them two roubles that he would lie down between the rails at night when the eleven o'clock train was due and would lie there without moving while the train rolled over him at full speed it is true they made a preliminary investigation from which it appeared that it was possible to lie so flat between the rails that the train could pass over without touching but to lie there was no joke Kolya maintained stoutly that he would at first they laughed at him called him a little liar a braggart but that only egged him on what piqued him most was that these boys of fifteen turned up their noses at him too superciliously and were at first disposed to treat him as a small boy not fit to associate with them and that was an unendurable insult and so it was resolved to go in the evening half a mile from the station so that the train might have time to get up full speed after leaving the station the boys assembled it was a pitch-dark night without a moon at the time fixed Kolya lay down between the rails the five others who had taken the bet waited among the bushes below the embankment their hearts beating with suspense which was followed by alarm and remorse at last they heard in the distance the rumble of the train leaving the station two red lights gleamed out of the darkness the monster roared as it approached run run away from the rails the boys cried to Kolya from the bushes breathless with terror but it was too late 
the train darted up and flew past the boys rushed to kolya he lay without moving they began pulling at him lifting him up he suddenly got up and walked away without a word then he explained that he had lain there as though he were insensible to frighten them but the fact was that he really had lost consciousness as he confessed long after to his mother in this way his reputation as a desperate character was established forever he returned home to the station as white as a sheet next day he had a slight attack of nervous fever but he was in high spirits and well pleased with himself the incident did not become known at once but when they came back to the town it penetrated to the school and even reached the ears of the masters but then kolya's mother hastened to entreat the masters on her boy's behalf and in the end dardanelov a respected and influential teacher exerted himself in his favour and the affair was ignored dardanelov was a middle-aged bachelor who had been passionately in love with madame krasotkin for many years past and had once already about a year previously ventured trembling with fear and the delicacy of his sentiments to offer her most respectfully his hand in marriage but she refused him resolutely feeling that to accept him would be an act of treachery to her son though dardanelov had to judge from certain mysterious symptoms reason for believing that he was not an object of aversion to the charming but too chaste and tender-hearted widow kolya's mad prank seemed to have broken the ice and dardanelov was rewarded for his intercession by a suggestion of hope the suggestion it is true was a faint one but then dardanelov was such a paragon of purity and delicacy that it was enough for the time being to make him perfectly happy he was fond of the boy though he would have felt it beneath him to try and win him over and was severe and strict with him in class kolya too kept him at a respectful distance he learned his lessons perfectly he was second in his class was reserved with dardanelov and the whole class firmly believed that kolya was so good at universal history that he could beat even dardanelov kolya did indeed ask him the question who founded troy to which dardanelov had made a very vague reply referring to the movements and migrations of races to the remoteness of the period to the mythical legends but the question who had founded troy that is what individuals he could not answer and even for some reason regarded the question as idle and frivolous but the boys remained convinced that dardanelov did not know who founded troy kolya had read of the founders of troy in smaragdov whose history was among the books in his father's bookcase in the end all the boys became interested in the question who it was that had founded troy but krasotkin would not tell his secret and his reputation for knowledge remained unshaken after the incident on the railway a certain change came over kolya's attitude to his mother when anna fyodorovna madame krasotkin heard of her son's exploit she almost went out of her mind with horror she had such terrible attacks of hysterics lasting with intervals for several days 
that kolya seriously alarmed at last promised on his honor that such pranks should never be repeated he swore on his knees before the holy image and swore by the memory of his father at madame krasotkin's instance and the manly kolya burst into tears like a boy of six and all that day the mother and son were constantly rushing into each other's arms sobbing next day kolya woke up as unfeeling as before but he had become more silent more modest sterner and more thoughtful six weeks later it is true he got into another scrape which even brought his name to the ears of our justice of the peace but it was a scrape of quite another kind amusing foolish and he did not as it turned out take the leading part in it but was only implicated in it but of this later his mother still fretted and trembled but the more uneasy she became the greater were the hopes of dardanelov it must be noted that kolya understood and divined what was in dardanelov's heart and of course despised him profoundly for his feelings he had in the past been so tactless as to show this contempt before his mother hinting vaguely that he knew what dardanelov was after but from the time of the railway incident his behaviour in this respect also was changed he did not allow himself the remotest allusion to the subject and began to speak more respectfully of dardanelov before his mother which the sensitive woman at once appreciated with boundless gratitude but at the slightest mention of dardanelov by a visitor in kolya's presence she would flush as pink as a rose at such moments kolya would either stare out of the window scowling or would investigate the state of his boots or would shout angrily for perezvon the big shaggy mangy dog which he had picked up a month before brought home and kept for some reason secretly indoors not showing him to any of his schoolfellows he bullied him frightfully teaching him all sorts of tricks so that the poor dog howled for him whenever he was absent at school and when he came in whined with delight rushed about as if he were crazy begged lay down on the ground pretending to be dead and so on in fact showed all the tricks he had taught him not at the word of command but simply from the zeal of his excited and grateful heart i have forgotten by the way to mention that kolya krasotkin was the boy stabbed with a penknife by the boy already known to the reader as the son of captain snaguryov ilyusha had been defending his father when the schoolboys jeered at him shouting the nickname wisp of toe End of section 63